Yo, hey guys, this is MMA Mondo with Respect the Game. This is episode 3, and what just happened this past weekend is UFC 241. What we're going to do today is we're going to discuss that event a little bit. We're going to discuss Nate Diaz, Stipe versus DC, John Jones, UL versus Costa, and the heavyweight division moving forward. I mean, I'll probably talk about John Jones um, in heavyweight and light heavyweight. So we'll see what's going on here. But, um, yeah, guys. So here we go. Okay, so reactions to UFC 241. Was anyone else surprised by um, just kind of how much how much buzz this event got? I know Conor McGregor is not in the event, and none of the people that are known to be big sellers, except for potentially DC, but DC honestly isn't known for being that big of a star either. Uh, give me one moment. Uh, sorry about that. I had to move the microphone. But, um... Yeah, Stipe, he sells well when he fights John Jones, but um, DC John Jones 2, that actually took place in same place, Anaheim, California. And um, the results didn't go so well for him there either. So we'll see what's going on there. Um, DC, if he won this fight, he would have went down as probably the GOAT. I mean, there's a John Jones losses. But, um, well, one's a loss. One of them technically was overturned, so it's a no contest. So, technically, Jones has one victory on him. So, DC would have went down as the GOAT, but he lost to Stipe. So, I have some of the stats in front of me right now. I just pulled them up. I'm sorry there's no vis video today. Um, The visual really doesn't have all that much in it, typically. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start reformatting a little bit. I know it's early, but I want to add things and take things out and... Right now, what I want to do is I want to make sure that everything's clean, everything's neat, and everything's consistent. So that's what I'm focusing on first. What I'm going to be doing with the podcast most of the time is I'm going to be discussing kind of just what's going on in the week with the fighters, whether it's a previous card that just happened, a card that's coming up. Well, as we know, there is no card this coming up weekend. Um, This is, let's see, Saturday the 24th. There is no card this weekend, but next week... On the 31st, there is the China card with Wei Li Zhang versus um, Jessica Andraj. So that's going to be super exciting. But this week, I really want to talk about UFC 241. I'm, I made a video about Nate Diaz and kind of like what's going to be happening with him moving forward. I believe it's going to be Jorge Masvidal or Conor McGregor that he's going to face next. If it's not one of those two, um, I don't understand what they're really going to do. Anthony Pettis, I'm not so sure what he's going to do moving forward either. I mean, he it's not like he looked bad in this fight, but he did lose to somebody that hasn't fought for three years. Um, Nate Diaz is really the only one that got over because of this. So I guess I feel I feel a little bad for Showtime, not going to lie. And then UL versus Paulo. I was absolutely surprised by this fight. Like I, I mean, I thought it was going to be a tough back and forth a little bit. But truthfully, I thought UL was probably going to end up finishing Costa. Um, he didn't. He didn't at all. Costa and him were throwing bombs at each other from beginning to end. It never stopped. It was always consistent. Always a ton of firepower. And even if you look at the stats for the fight, they're very close. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to work, go bottom up, and I'm going to talk about UL versus Costa. Then I'm going to talk about Diaz versus Pettis. And then I'm going to talk about DC versus Stipe. 
I'm going to, I'm just, I don't know, pretty much talk about whatever I feel like, <laughs> specifically with the middleweight division, Yoel and Paulo. I, whoever was going to win this fight is for sure going to fight Israel or um, Robert Whitaker next. Seems like they're in line for the title, so we'll see. Um, so the eraser defeats Yuval Romero by decision. I don't know. This was a little controversial for me. Um, the reason why is I really thought that... I mean, I knew it was going to come down to the second round. I was watching the fight with my girlfriend live. Um, and I was telling her when the third round started, it's going to probably come down to that second round. Because the first half of the round was a pretty fair Paulo round. But then all of a sudden, Yoel turned it around. And I thought it was a very dominant one-sided affair from that point on i i, I believe that you all should have scrapped or scratched the victory with rounds two and three and um paulo winning round one but i since people or since the judges are saying that he round one two sorry he won round two i'm not going to argue with that the judges are paid for what they do i mean the judges get things wrong quite often but since this was a close fight i it's okay it happens the total strikes thrown, significant strikes. Yo Romero, 125 of 284, that's 44%. And Paulo has 118 of 213, which is 55%. Um, UL didn't go for many takedowns this fight either. He doesn't, he doesn't shoot for a lot of takedowns. He doesn't have a kind of wrestling game for MMA that is top-heavy um, ground and pound unless he can get you in the position where you're flat out on your back. Once you're flat on your back, it's going to be hard to get up, but... You, most of the time, you all explodes people to the ground, which was the take that I got on Paulo, but then he came back up. Paulo did not shoot any takedowns, of course. And they each had a knockdown this fight. Um, this fight this fight is very interesting because Paulo moving forward versus Robert Whitaker or Israel, I think, is a pretty interesting matchup. Okay, so let's see here. I believe Paulo versus either Israel or Robert Whitaker moving forward is going to be a crazy matchup that everyone has to see. And um, moving forward, I want to talk about the co-main event of UFC 241, and that is Anthony Pettis versus Nate Diaz. Okay, with this fight, what's so interesting is Diaz threw double, nearly triple the strikes of Pettis with 205 of 306 total strikes landing, and Pettis 86 of 153 total landed. So that's a difference of 67% for Nate and 56% for Pettis. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of had a feeling that Pettis had a chance to lose this fight, um, especially, especially after looking at his record again and looking at who he's lost against. If you look at his record and see um, the way he's lost, it's it's decision often. He's, he's even commented on this. But I think a reason for this is because I think he gets tired. And I think these guys employ game plans that Anthony still hasn't adopted to. I mean, Nate Diaz is an enigma. He's a little different because with Nate Diaz, he has incredible jujitsu, so you don't really want to go on the ground with him. So in the clinch, it makes it a little bit more difficult, but he also is a very, very high-level um, boxer. He trains with the best in the world, and he, he goes in all the time. He loves boxing. Him and his brother absolutely love boxing. So... He has a very interesting boxing game, too, because it's not like, oh, let me show you the most crisp technique. Let me show you the most powerful this, most powerful that. It's, I'm going to overwhelm you. Ah, sorry about that. <laughs> Yawning. But um, 
Yeah, it it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy the the kind of pressure that Diaz was able to put on Pettis in three rounds. Um, I did notice that Diaz was a little bit tired, a little bit more tired, which I did talk about in my video that I recorded earlier today. Um, I actually posted that on my page. Um, it's the aftermath of Nate Diaz. If you want to go on there, that's that's what I'm talking about. What's going on with Nate Diaz? Whether it's Masvidal or Jorge next. So that's gonna be interesting as well. Um, with Pettis, I I don't know what's gonna happen with him. Like, I, I know he's, he's been up and down a little bit, but I don't know. I kind of feel bad. So now, I want to talk about the heavyweight matchup between Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miacic. Man, this fight. This fight was absolutely crazy. Even if you look at the stats, the stats don't... They tell you kind of what was happening, but if you look at the percentages, it... It becomes a lot more confusing. It became more confusing to me once I actually decided to delve into more of the percentages and things like that. Because I think Stipe is probably the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. MMA heavyweight. I believe that he would beat Fedor in his prime. I've seen a couple of Fedor matches from when he was in his prime. And I know Fedor is not... He's a shell of who he was now. As far as the skill level that's there and his ability to take the punishment, just everything, the totality of the game. But Stipe got hit with absolutely everything this fight. Daniel Cormier landed three, 230 strikes out of 317. 181 of 263 of those were significant strikes. That is 73% total strikes landed and 69% significant strikes landed with a takedown. For Stipe, it was 135 of 244 and 123 of 229. So it's 55 and 54% respectively, and he also has one of three takedowns. This fight is so fucking interesting to me. The reason being is DC is a smaller version of Stipe. I don't care what anyone says. DC is a slightly smaller version of Stipe that isn't as long and doesn't pack the same kind of one-punch KO power. Stipe always packs KO power, and I believe DC does as well, but DC's care, or DC's punching power did not affect Stipe the same way it did the first time. DC employed a great game the first game, or the first round. He mixed up his ground work, he mixed up his takedowns, clinch work, striking, striking at a distance, threw some leg kicks, he was throwing everything. Second round, he starts landing, and then all of a sudden, I think what happens is he feels so much success in his hands that he believes, hey, I knocked out Stipe the first time. If I keep hitting him, it's just a matter of time until he goes out. With the way, with the way I've watched DC um, talk about previous opponents and upcoming matches and things of that nature, I feel like this is, this is the theory that makes the most sense. DC, yeah, he is 40. Well, he's a little bit older. He's, a little, he's 40. He said he was going to retire. Ah, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, but, um, yeah, he said he's 40, and he said he wanted to retire at 40, and if he would have got the fight at 40, he probably would have. I don't know what's going to happen now. He said he doesn't want to ruin his legacy. I, I, I hope he doesn't, because in my opinion, Daniel Cormier is definitely top three greatest of all time, period. Who, I don't, no, you can't put someone above, I know Stipe just did what he did against DC. Look at the size difference. I'm not saying that means that DC is a better fighter or anything like that because DC is the one that lost. But there, there are a lot of factors going into this. Also, no, not many people are talking about this. I think Luke Thomas talked about it on his show today because I heard him kind of preface it at the beginning. Daniel Cormier went to this fight extremely lightweight. 
extremely compared to the last time. He talked about how far out of camp he was this time and how out of shape he was and how he didn't know if he was able to do it. If all of that was going on, how was he weighing less, way less, significantly less than any other point of his heavyweight career? Stipe Miocic is also weighing less, which made me believe, okay, he j just wanted to be in a little bit better shape. Probably worked out harder. He said the weight just fell off. He probably worked out harder. DC, I think DC was getting prepared for John Jones. And it, it really kills me to say this because I believe that Daniel Cormier has all the skills to absolutely demolish John Jones, and especially at heavyweight. I think with this loss, if DC can now reclaim this loss back in a, in a spectacular way, there probably will not be a third John Jones fight. I know that's sad. I know that's something that we all wanted, but I don't think that's going to happen. If something doesn't happen with DC, something has to turn DC's career around at least a little bit. And with Stipe, Stipe, <laughs> oh, Cleveland, Ohio, man, 20 minutes away from where I'm from, I'm from Lorraine, Ohio. So with the first time he won, I remember, I remember exactly how I felt. And even though I love DC, DC's my favorite fighter. I just want to get that out of the way. I want to say when Stipe won, man, I felt so happy because again, at least something for the state. I, my, the only sport that I pay, well, I, I pay attention to combat sports in general, but that is really what I watch. I, I kind of know what's going on in other sports generally. I know a couple of the bigger players, bigger names. I know positions, things like that, of course. But this is the only sport that I'm extremely vested in, MMA. MMA, combat sports in general. And it's because these guys will go through something that no one else does. Not, this isn't regular combat. This isn't a street fight. This isn't war. It isn't necessarily those things. But you're not throwing a ball in a hoop. You're not throwing a ball past the line. The only thing you're throwing is you're throwing punches, kicks, elbows, knees. You're shooting takedowns. That's what you're doing. You're doing every single thing that can appear in a fight other than eye gouges, groin shots, back of the head, things like that. So the, the era that we live in currently... With the UFC, with ESPN, with Bellator, with one, with all of these, all these different MMA entities, they, all their stake is in different companies. They're each with someone else. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how streaming affects everyone moving forward. Because if it is going to be a very soon thing, it looks like the UFC is trying to set themselves up for this. But anyways, uh, let me talk about heavyweight a little bit. The heavyweight division, man, if DC doesn't get the rematch, it is 100% going to be Stipe versus Francis again. Francis didn't hit him with any clean shots the first time around. Let's just get that clear. And Stipe looked messed up. Stipe won the fight, and he ended up dominating him, but that first round was rough. We'll see what happens with that going forward, man, but I don't know. I don't know at all. Heavyweights are looking crazy. Is John Jones going to move up to 265? Is he going to move up to that weight class? I don't know. After watching DC just get finished, we'll see if John Jones moves up. I believe John Jones has the skill to beat Stipe. Um, I think with his range, I think that is what's going to pose Stipe the biggest problem. Stipe plays it. Stipe fights at range. When Stipe is at his absolute best, Stipe is not in your face. Stipe is nowhere near you. 
Stipe's out forever away, popping out jabs, popping out leg kicks, waiting for you to do something. He doesn't shoot very much, but he has great anti-wrestling. He has great wrestling. He has great clinch game. His jiu-jitsu is amazing. I believe Stipe deserves a little bit more respect here. So, um, so yeah, this, I'm sorry guys, this is only the third episode, this one might be a little bit short though, I am extremely tired, I literally sleep like four hours a night max, usually it's like three and a half, but for some reason today I've just been yawning all day, I'm I'm interested in getting into wholesale real estate, I've been doing that all day. When I'm at work, anytime I get free time, I'm trying to look up more information, trying to get more information, get in contact with people. Come home, I have the baby, which is okay. I'm not complaining. I love my I love my little girl. Naomi is beautiful. I have another little girl coming in December. Um, and we honestly we we can't wait. We're stressed. We're young, but we're trying. Yeah, but that that's what goes on in most people's lives, I guess. I guess you know, have kids, get together grow a little bit and try to figure shit out and right now that's what i'm trying to do so let's see so the next card coming up i will talk about that just a little bit next week i'll try to break that down a little more that one's going to be hard to break down because <laughs> there's not much fire firepower on it so when i start talking about lee jingling and elizy dos santos and jamal hill of song cannon i don't think a lot of people are aware of these fighters i know a couple of them i'm not gonna lie and say i know all of them Ooh, kaikar francis fighting though i'm excited about that i like i like him a lot okay but this main card saturday august 31st this is going to be at 3 a.m oh my gosh that means the main card is going to start at 6 a.m eastern time these china, china cards are so early but um we'll see what's going to happen here androgener last fight i know she beat rose but man that didn't look that didn't look like a good victory i mean it was a crazy knockout because of the way she slammed her on her head but it was not like oh i'm watching this and i'm confident that andraj can beat everyone in this division that's how i felt when rose beat joanna so i guess we'll see there zhang has looked extremely good lately Li zhang she's looked amazing she the way the way she's handling her victories let me see Give me one brief moment as I look into the fighter. Yeah, I'm just looking at Weili Zhang because um I know she's fought just a, she's fought a couple people recently. But as far as remembering the names, I'm always so bad with this. She fought Tiny Tornado and Jessica Aguilar. Those were the last two fights that she had. She also fought um I forget her last name, Taylor. I always see her fight. Let me I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. It's a big move. I mean, the, the division doesn't have that much because of how the top of the division kind of eliminated everyone else. Oh, but this fight, man, if China gets their first champion, this is going to be a big deal. Also, Dana was saying he doesn't know exactly what's going to happen with this fight just because of all the problems going on in China right now. So, so let's see. Well, let's let's hope something happens, man. And let's hope this card is good. I never wish for a bad card. I know it's a regional card, a really regional card for China, but... Yo, it doesn't matter. But yeah, sorry guys. Um, today's episode's a little bit, um, a little bit shorter. I am way too tired. I'm gonna get off, maybe relax for like 20, 30 minutes, and then I'm gonna peace out and go to bed. 
So um, if you guys like this episode, it is a little bit shorter, but if you guys like the podcast, please let me know. I would love to do a segment where I answer fan questions or I talk to fans or any, I mean, I don't have fans, (laughs) but if I have an opportunity where I can talk to you guys, anyone listening, answer any kind of questions, or even just have a discussion with you guys about something, I can read the comments. I can even comment back with it. Um, Just let me know, like, comment, subscribe below. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you guys have a great day.